Hey guys, uh, this is Caleb. Uh, support our podcast. We have a listener support segment. With as little as a dollar, you can support us. That's a hundred shillings. That's a hundred Kenyan shillings. Uh, we need to make uh, better podcasts for you guys. For you guys, we need uh, better microphones, better internet, and because um, most of us are not in the same area. And we do appreciate uh, <clears throat> any support that you give us. Thanks. I'm actually in Seattle, Washington, home of the Seahawks. Um, so that's why wow. I'm recording right, right now. And uh, I go back and forth between Seattle and uh, South Bend, Indiana, home of the Notre Dame Irish. So I'm in Seattle right now, and uh, we'll keep putting these episodes out. Uh, appreciate you guys. Yeah. Uh, this was awesome coming on your show and a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And like I saw, like I, 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 I think you're a Spartan fan, right? If I'm not wrong, MSU. Yeah, Michigan State. Yep, go Spartans, go Green. Yeah, for sure. And like, and like, obviously you go back and forth. Um, basically Notre Dame play there. Um, yeah. why? Like, what, what's going on, man? Like, there's a lot of questions there. Why? Oh, why Michigan State when I got Notre Dame right there? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so this is interesting. So um, I wasn't a big college football fan growing up. I mostly watched the NFL. And mm-hmm. one summer I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into college football. And I've loved mm-hmm. it ever since. And so that summer I had three friends that attended Michigan State uh, mm-hmm. University. So they actually, I would go out there and visit them on the weekends and they would sneak me into the student section for the games. So Mm. that year I went to six Michigan State games, got into the student section for all of them. Uh, That was the Kirk Cousins and Le'Veon Bell, Michigan State Spartans. Uh, I went to the the first ever Big Ten championship game and that was Kirk Cousins versus Russell Wilson at the Wisconsin Badgers. That was a lot of fun, man. Wow, man, that's that's almost like a, a tear jacking story, man. <laughs> wow. well, now I, so I, I gotta support yeah. for them forever now, so yeah. Two, one. Hey, hey guys. guys! Hi guys, my name is Caleb. Hey, I'm Delmas. This is Pablo. This is Jabil. This is Kevin. Guys, welcome to the Third World Perspective. We are going to give you a Third World Perspective on all kind of sports. You name them. Beach, NBA, NFL, Beach, F1, football. You name them. All kinds of sports. Yes. Thank you. Ciao. Um, Is is it one o'clock where you are in Seattle? Yeah, it's one o'clock. Hey guys, welcome back to the Third World Perspective. Welcome back to another episode of NFL 101. I'm so sorry for the network problems. Basically, support the pod, man. Help us to get better Wi-Fi, man, because this is shambles. Um, I'm actually in an open field. Um, I'm recording this um, from a field close to the library I'm at the school where I'm at. Um, I'm, I'm excited to have Alex Leak on the podcast. Um, basically, if you're on Twitter, you can find Alex Leak. Um, basically, he's the host of the Alex Leak and Friends NFL podcast. Um, obviously, covers multiple sports, especially football. An avid Chicago Bears fan and obviously an interviewer. He's interviewed mad people. You can catch him on YouTube. Um, I think I'll just let him take it away, Alex. 
Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, man. It's good to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm glad to have you on, and I'm glad to obviously talk about the NFL. A lot has been going on. It's been a lot of things going on, and it's a little bit hectic at the moment. And obviously, the network doesn't help. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, but it's good to come on and talk some NFL. I mean, the the season's been great so far. Uh, it's mm-hmm. great to have fans back. You know. 2020 was kind of like a, a weird season and so it's so good to have you know packed stadiums and uh, just some really good football so far this year yeah obviously I'm um, three weeks in um, three games in um, week four is just about to come up and we'll just speak about the perhaps we'll try to sum up the first three weeks as much as we can but we'll majorly speak of um, week three and the game that we'll speak of, obviously, an AFC West matchup, um, Kansas City against um, LA. Obviously, they hosted um, the Chargers um, at Arrowhead. Um, obviously, um, the Chiefs are currently 1-2, sitting at the bottom of the division in the AFC West at the moment. Um, obviously, losing to the divisional rivals in the Chargers. Um, I think this is the first time they've started, um, I think, basically on, in a, on a losing record since something like 2015. So it's very unlike them. It's very weird um, in Kansas City at the moment. Um, obviously, that offense didn't have a good game. They had a lot of turnovers. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, obviously begs the question, um, is, is, there, is are we seeing a Kansas City um, Super Bowl hangover? Or basically, how do we explain the past three weeks? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you see that with a team that loses the Super Bowl, they have a, a hangover and a down year. Uh, definitely wasn't expected. This Chiefs team is loaded. They've got weapons, you know, at every position. Um, and it's just been a, a slow start. I think the biggest concern for the Chiefs is on the defensive side of the ball and their run defense. Um, their, their, their run D really struggled against the Browns and the Ravens, two really good run offenses. And uh, like you said, the turnovers cost them uh, against the Chargers. I don't remember the last time the Chiefs only had three points at halftime. Uh, so that was that was crazy. Um, I think they'll get it going. Uh, I still think they can win the division. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a slow start. You know, no need to panic this early in the season. But, uh, you know, we'll need to keep an eye on this Chiefs team. Maybe the NFL is starting to kind of figure them out a little bit. But I still expect them to make a run, uh, be in the hunt to win the division, and they'll be tough to beat in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. It seems for for the moment, like a lot of NFL defenses are actually figuring out this offense. Obviously, they're rushing with four and like um, having pretty good coverage in the secondary. It's different um, from like the first two seasons where Mahomes could just like get the big play and like Tyreek Hill or like. Um, Travis Kelsey down the field or like using other receivers like Demarcus Robinson as well um, but obviously the Chargers scored 20 points off of four KC turnovers and like um, CEH who like most people don't like on fantasy at the moment Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um one of the I think he's running back one in Kansas City at the moment um, he, he usually wasn't known for his fumbles in college but after fumbles against the Ravens that obviously cost them the game um, basically on Sunday the previous week, and fumbles obviously against the Chargers as well, um, it's difficult. Also, like Mahomes throwing two picks. Um, yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think this offense is like they they, they need to they need to, they still need to figure out some things, especially um, considering that they have like 
such an, amu- an amount of weapons like Terry Kill or Travis Kelsey, Mahomes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh I mean, they need to work on ball security for one. They can't be fumbling the ball the way they are, but that's fixable. I don't expect Edwards Alaire to keep fumbling the ball. I don't expect Tyreek Hill to keep fumbling. I think the biggest concern is Patrick Mahomes to be honest because these turnovers by him are very uncharacteristic especially in the clutch. Uh when they lost to the Ravens, he had a really bad decision. He was getting tackled and kind of just threw the ball up there and got intercepted and that was a big momentum changing play in that game. And then at the end of this against the Chargers, they're driving They're looking to retake the lead. It's a back and forth game. And Mahomes overthrows Travis Kelsey and gets intercepted. We're not used to seeing Mahomes make bad decisions in the clutch. And we've been seeing that the last two weeks. It's something definitely to keep an eye on. Uh, you know. Yeah, obviously like you just said, obviously that interception against the Ravens was mad. Obviously Odafe Owe had that tackle on him and like Mahomes just threw it up there and like it got easily intercepted. It's uh, obviously we, we usually don't see such mistakes from Patrick Mahomes. We have, we, yeah. have, we have we have grown accustomed to um I guess excellence from him or like um basically he's usually very competent when he has the ball. But he completed 27 of 44 passes, which at the moment it doesn't seem like a Patrick Mahomes type of performance. Completing 27 out of 44, which means like 17 passes that he didn't complete. Um, obviously, three for 260 yards, three touchdowns, and the two interceptions that are very notable. Um, obviously, like you just said, I don't think it's time for Chiefs Kingdom to hit the panic button, like um, Mike Tomlin just said the other day, um, speaking about the Steelers. Um, but I think I think obviously there are, there are a difficult difficult moment. I did think that the um, that the NFL would come for the Chiefs. Um, obviously, Todd Bowles and the Bucks provided a very good blueprint to defend against this Chiefs offense. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they figure it out. But um, it, for me, I think I think it will be very difficult for them to. I think they'll get a winning season, but I think it'll be, be very difficult for them to go deep into the playoffs. Don't you? Don't you agree? Or like, um, what's your opinion on that? Well, so for the Chiefs, what I've seen out of the Chiefs since Mahomes took over, I think they're they're going to be very difficult to beat if they do. They don't necessarily need to win the division. They just need to get into the playoffs. Um, and if they're in the playoffs, they're just they're flat out tough to beat. Patrick Mahomes seems to play better when the there's more on the line. And I think you can attribute a slow start to maybe taking it for granted, being a little sloppy. Everyone knows Patrick Mahomes' September stats going into this year. He was. Uh, 11 and 0 and 32 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So I think it's easy for them to kind of like take September for granted and so a slow start can happen. I think they'll get it going. I think there's a chance they still win the division. Um I'm not sold on the Broncos. I know they're out to a 3 and 0 start, but you know, I see the Broncos as a 10 win team at best. Uh the Raiders, the Raiders could be for real. Uh, so they may they might be the team that wins it, but if the Chiefs get into the playoffs in January, I don't care who they face, they're going to be tough to beat. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if they got in as a wild card and still made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. You like you just said, Patrick Mahomes is usually is usually perfect in September. This is unprecedented. 
Um, yeah, like obviously, yeah. yeah, like the teams you just mentioned in that division, the Raiders, the Broncos. Um, obviously these two teams are, are three and oh, and like no one would have expected the Chiefs to be trailing three weeks in, um, in this division. Um, would you say this is the shock division in the NFL at the moment? Did you like, for like, no one expected the Raiders to be this good? Uh, yeah, I mean, the the Broncos took care of business in one games they were supposed to win. They didn't have a tough schedule to start the year, so. Their three and zero kind of makes sense, and their defense is still great for the Raiders. Uh, yeah, it's a great start for the Raiders, um, but they've always had the talent to do this. They've got Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, uh, Henry Ruggs. They've got Ruggs. weapons and playmakers to do it, and John Gruden is a great coach running the show. So. Mm-hmm. I think the Raiders, if they can keep this up, I mean, there's no reason they can't win 12 games and be in the hunt to win the division. Um, I I don't I think it's too early to say it's the toughest division in football, but it could be, and uh, we'll see what the Broncos do. You know, if the Broncos flatten out or if they keep it going, uh, I'm not really sold on Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I don't think they have a high ceiling to go deep in the playoffs. But they'll be tough to beat, and they've got a great home field advantage, so you never know. And the Chargers, too. We can't dis- discredit the Chargers. Justin Herbert is an up-and-coming quarterback with a lot of talent, a lot of confidence. And, um, you know, they got a brand-new head coach in Brandon Staley, the uh, defense that looks really good. Getting Derwin James back for the Chargers was a big get. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, obviously he's back and he's making a lot of plays for them. Um, but just going back to the Denver situation, um, obviously they host the Baltimore Ravens, who is a is a much tougher competitor, tough match opponent than the, the three teams they've had in I think Jacksonville and like um, other teams that they would have easily won against. Um, mm-hmm. But like you just said, Teddy Bridgewater, it seems like he like he's he has like um, settled um, in Denver really well. And um, obviously the performances have come have come with the settlement there. Um, like, are they a confident team? Do you think they are underrated? Do you think like, um, like you say, um, ten and zero? Do you do you do you confidently like they can win ten games this season? Do you confidently think that they can, or they can well, go they, past? They can win ten. I don't know, like not ten and zero. They can go like ten and seven. Um, the Broncos, they're out to a three and zero start. A tough game on Sunday against the Ravens. If they win that, then maybe they will be for real. They've they're very talented defensively. Um, Vic Fangio, a former Bears defensive coordinator, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he's the head coach. They brought in Kyle Fuller, who I'm a big fan of from Chicago. Uh, you know, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. Um, they've got wide receivers as well, Jerry Judy, Cor- Cortland Sutton, and those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no reason the Broncos can't be a very competitive team this year. I just don't know if they're ceiling. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but they'll be tough to beat. And, uh, you know, there's no reason they can't finish second or third, but it is a pretty tough division. Uh, you know, despite a 3-0 and start, it wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos still finished in last place in that division. I, I fully expect the Chiefs to bounce back from this slow start. Yeah, yeah. Like you just say, this division is very tough, and like the AFC West and like the NFC West are the two divisions that didn't lose in Week One. 
Um, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. Obviously, we'll we'll have to wait and see how the season progresses, and obviously how it's it's very important. This the game on Sunday um, for the Broncos against the Ravens at Mile High. It's 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 tough. Um, but obviously, the, the Raiders, like you just mentioned, Derek Carr is bowling out of his face at the moment. I think he has thrown over 400 passing yards in every single game he has played this season. Um, yeah. It seems like, yeah, it seems like John Gruden is always finding ways to win, especially in the second half and over time. It doesn't seem like they play really well first half. Um, they play the Chargers on Monday night, obviously on ESPN. Um, how do you think that one, that one is going to go down? That's a big time game. I can't wait for this one on Monday Night Football uh, at SoFi Stadium. It's going to be a lot of hype, uh, a lot of build up to this game, pretty much for the division lead. Um, I am going to lean, I'm going to say Chargers take this one. It's in LA. I'm big on home field advantage. It's in LA. Uh, the Raiders need to come back down to earth a little bit. The Chargers defense is, is pretty good. Herbert is balling out. He's playing really well. Um, you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. So I think the Chargers get this one, and then it's so the Chargers will be three and one. Raiders fall to three and one, and we'll see what the Broncos do. Another big game: Broncos Ravens. Um, you know, if Denver wins that, they could have the outright lead in the in the division, and that's going to be a tough game for the Ravens. The Ravens are banged up with injuries. And Lamar Jackson didn't look necessarily super sharp against the Lions this week. So maybe the Broncos can start 4-0. That'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously it's tough. It's tough, obviously. Um, any game playing the Ravens, obviously they have a very good defense. And like um, that offense, obviously the way they run the ball, it's scary. And obviously mm-hmm. with the threat of Lamar Jackson as well. Um, but I'll just I'll just vote for Lamar here because I'm a Ravens fan. I'll just I'll, I think I think he played well. I, I think some of his receivers let him down. I think um, oh, yeah. McCann, yeah yeah dropped a football. I think uh, Marquise also dropped some footballs. Yeah, so um, it's yeah it's it's tough. And um, we'll see we'll see how it plays out on Sunday. Obviously the Monday night one. Um, obviously it's a big one as well. Um, yeah, but obviously the Chargers, like we just mentioned, um, this is the first time since 2013-2014 that they have won four straight division games. Obviously, it's very interesting the um, the way they play the, the Chiefs. Um, these games are usually very close, and like usually um, these games are usually won by the Chiefs with like a, a big play to Terry Kill down the field. Um, like obviously, like we saw last season, obviously with no fans on the SoFi. Um, but Brandon Staley, who is um, turning out to be some sort of mastermind in Los Angeles at the moment, on the pod um, in the previous episode, and obviously she um, she vouched for him to be coach of the year. Um, just how good is basically Brandon Staley as a play caller? Well, I, I mean, so I would say let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's a rookie head coach, so there's mm-hmm. going to be some... Uh, growing there's um mm-hmm. against the chiefs the, i fan of the analytic mindset i think that um at times it can work to your benefit but at times it can work to your detriment and mm-hmm. going for it on fourth and four and then that false start would put which pushed it back to fourth and nine uh, I wasn't a big fan of it worked out so you can't criticize it but mm-hmm. what's the one thing we know about Patrick Mahomes is you can't give him the ball with any time left on the clock and uh, when the Chargers the game was 24-24 mm-hmm. 
And uh, or let's see here. Yeah, they and so they go for it on uh, they they throw it into the end zone with 32 seconds left and go up 30 yeah. to 24. Yeah, I would not have been that aggressive there. I would have run the ball and kicked the field goal with as time runs out. The fact that they gave the ball back to Mahomes with 32 seconds, they're lucky that Mahomes didn't get a touchdown there and win the game. So I think that I like Brandon Staley. I think that he's got great potential, but uh, being super aggressive might come back to hurt him at some point. Um, But it hasn't so far, so credit to him. Yeah, obviously I agree with you on popping the brakes, obviously on a rookie head coach. But in this case, I would would say he perhaps he he trusts the defense. Perhaps he trusts what he has. He has the weapons that he has on defense to perhaps put a stop because it seemed like the the entire game it was working for them. They 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 did stop Patrick Mahomes in some way, um, one way or another. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 obviously it's a risk, obviously, putting the ball back in his hands. You know the potential that Patrick Mahomes has to basically turn the game on its head. But um, I, I guess it was a calculated risk, so um, um, props to him, it's paid off. It's, um, yeah, it's mad, but do you think he can be um, head coach of the year? Do you think that's a, that's a shot for him? Yeah, absolutely, especially if they win on Monday night and they get out to a 3 and one start. Usually a coach of the year goes to the team with the best record. Um, mm. So if you get up there 13, 14 wins, you got a good chance of winning coach of the year. Um, so absolutely, I think it's in the play for him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, um, another game that we're going to talk about, obviously the Browns and, 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 the, and the Chicago Bears, your Chicago Bears, Alex. Uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah, it's a, I think it was it was the most underwhelming game we've seen. Under, under, underwhelming, I guess, showing we've seen of the Chicago Bears, I think, in a, in a few years, um, mm-hmm. obviously, it, sadly, it was the first start for Justin Fields. Obviously, um, chosen um, basically drafted 11th overall um, by you guys. Obviously, you guys traded up to get him. Um, there's been a lot of talk. Obviously, Brown, obviously, Bears fans really want him to start. Obviously, um, it seems uh, Matt Nagy prefers Andy Dalton to him, which um, a lot of the NFL is puzzled by. Um, but it's 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 tough. Obviously, you face a very um, good Cleveland side, and um, it, it, you guys just didn't play well. Um, can I have your reaction on that? Yeah. So this is going to be a, a long answer, but I'm going to tell you where <laughs> I've been coming from as a Bears fan for a while now. Um, uh-huh. So I, uh, going back to 2018 when Matt Nagy took over, he had a, a pretty good offense. He got the most out of. Mitch Trubisky and the Bears make the playoffs. Ever since then, I have had an issue with Matt Nagy's game plan and his coaching style. I felt like he didn't play call and game plan to the strengths of the players on the offense, and especially Mitch Trubisky. Um, So I was railing on that for two years, 2019-2020, saying that it wasn't so much Mitch Trubisky being the issue, It was more so Matt Nagy. Um, Now, Mitch Trubisky didn't play well, and he's a backup now for a reason. But Matt Nagy still continues to be a problem. Um, We saw it early in the year this year with Rams. A very poor game plan there. Weren't very competitive. Uh, The defense stepped up and got us a win against the Bengals. But this performance against the Browns was 
completely the worst thing I've ever seen. It was absolutely atrocious. And the thing that makes me the most upset is, uh, so the Texans, the Houston Texans aren't a very good team. And they played the Browns in week two. And even the Texans knew to respect Miles Garrett. So they chipped Miles Garrett all game. They had a tight end or a running back that would come and help chip him, help the tackle, block Miles Garrett, and keep their quarterback safe. So the Bears game plan, they bring out Justin Fields, a rookie making his first career start, the best quarterback prospect the Bears have ever had, possibly, at least since Sid Luckman back in the 1940s. So you want to protect this guy. You want to give him the best opportunity to succeed. And what happened is the Bears did not chip Miles Garrett at all. They didn't change Justin Fields drop back at all. They didn't have him roll out. They didn't have him play action. They didn't do any of that. It looked like the same game plan as Andy Dalton. And you have to be able to adjust and play to the strengths of your players. And Justin Fields is so dynamic with his legs that why wouldn't you want to get him out in the open where he can be a threat to run the ball and have open passing lanes? So that bothered me. And that led to the Browns getting nine sacks on Justin Fields and Miles Garrett breaking the franchise record for four and a half sacks. This was a game plan set to to set up to make us fail, to make Justin Fields fail. And it's got a lot of people, including myself, wondering if it was done intentionally. And by that I mean Matt Nagy pretty much throwing Fields out there, setting him up to fail, to go back and say to us say field isn't ready and yeah so and he does yeah so, yeah. Yeah, so Al- alex yeah so this yeah. this actually begs the question like obviously like if he's setting up justin fields to fail like yeah. why did they draft him like what like what what was the thought in like grand pace going up there and getting justin fields i can't t- i don't know because Everyone said that Justin Fields was pretty much handpicked by Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy wanted Justin Fields. He told Ryan Pace, if he's available, go get him. To me, what this seems is, uh, the only way I can justify it is Matt Nagy's trying to buy himself a year. He's trying to to play Andy Dalton or Nick Foles as, as long as possible so that he can go to management and say, look, Give me a full season with Justin Fields in 2022. And, you know, at this point, all I can say is fire Matt Nagy. We have to fire him as soon as possible because he's already ruined one quarterback prospect in Mitch Trubisky. And the quickest way to ruin a quarterback prospect is to get him hit and sacked nine times in a game. That's going to ruin Justin Fields' confidence. It's a terrible start to Justin Fields' career. And all fingers are pointing directly at Matt Nagy. Yeah, obviously it's a start that he won't forget. Um, it's 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 tough. Obviously, like um, if anyone has ever listened to these NFL on one episodes, um, I, I basically uh, my favorite rookie quarterback. And obviously, I was right. excited for Chicago. Um, obviously, the Trubisky thing thing didn't work out. Obviously, he's playing as a backup to Josh Allen in Buffalo at the moment. Um, obviously, you guys played the um, the Bills um, in preseason, and obviously, Mitch started. He played really well. Um, obviously, I think he performed better than Andy Dalton as well, slightly better. Um, so it seems like um, it seems like the system that he had at Chicago was the problem. It's not that Mitch Trubisky isn't good enough. 
And obviously, we've seen Justin Fields perform at the highest level in Ohio, obviously Ohio State in college. Um, it's and obviously performed really well, obviously in in preseason as well. It, it's just a matter of time. They need to get the system right. Obviously, um, they need they need to switch up that offense. Obviously, like jet sweeps. Um, if they if they can actually set up screens as well. So it's it's. I, I don't know. It, it's tough, obviously, to fire Matt Nagy. Obviously, Bears fans have been have been calling for his head. But how likely is it that obviously the Bears will fire Matt Nagy? How likely? Like, can you give a percentage? Like, can he really get fired? Um, it's very unlikely. The Bears are the type of organization that don't like to fire coaches mid-season. Um, they that's just their way. They they would much rather wait until the end of 2021. To, and then we can hope that they fire Matt Nagy. Um, but at the end of the day, the Bears are a poorly run franchise. Ownership has been costing this team for years. A lot of us are hoping that ownership will sell the Bears to a different owner. Uh, Ted Phillips, uh, George McCaskey, uh, all the upper, the highest ranking brass in Chicago. Mm. It's, it's flawed and it's leaking its way down into the entire organization. It, it's starting to remind me of how the Detroit Lions are run. And if you cover the NFL, you know that that's not a good thing. And uh, even the Lions saw the light and fired both Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia after 2020. And the Bears brought back both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. It's just, it's getting to be frustrating. And I've been a Bears fan ever since I was a little kid. I grew up with the Bears on the television, I'm not one of these guys that's going to support the Bears no matter what. If I see a franchise making terrible decision after terrible decision, I cover the entire league now on my podcast. I cover the entire NFL. I get a lot more joy out of watching the rest of the league than I do watching my Bears on Sunday. And at some point, it's going to run out. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to support a bad product for no reason you know what I mean yeah for sure obviously it's very frustrating watching them and like um, obviously um, obviously I, I guess Miles um, Garrett could have gotten five and a half sacks I think I think he I think he lost one sack and someone else got it um, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 tough, man. It's tough to be to be a Bears fan at the moment. A Bears fan at the moment. I think you guys had 47 yards of total offense, which is um, it's not a good look. Um, obviously, like um, the number of hits that he got, the number of sacks that that um, was that he got on Justin Fields, that was actually put on Justin Fields is is. is um, I, I actually feel sorry for you guys as a franchise, but it seems like the NFC North is not um, is not where it. it that division is not as appealing as perhaps it should have been or perhaps it was in the 70s or the 80s um, obviously mm-hmm. with the Lions like you said obviously another 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 franchise that is struggling um, yeah but it's it's difficult to see um, if, if, they'll, if they'll eventually suck Matinagi I think Grand Pace's job is also on the line here um, but this is honestly an honest question. Obviously, you guys got to the playoffs last season. You guys went down to New Orleans. You guys got belted by Drew Brees. I think you guys caught just the one touchdown. I think um, Jimmy Graham had that touchdown, I think, the, the last few seconds. Do you think you guys yeah. can get to the playoffs this season? Uh, no, no chance. I don't see playoffs happening. I think we're going to go... Like, I think this team... Uh, if they can continue to see these performances by Matt Nagy and these game plans 
I think we're dangerously close to the players quitting on the coaching staff and wow. uh, and no, no longer being invested. I think it's going to be an ugly season. I think I have the Bears going five and twelve or six and eleven. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't see it being that's, a very good year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Lions. Yeah. I think I think the Lions are going to have a really tough year. I think they go four and thirteen, five and twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Vikings and Packers. The Vikings got a big win against the Seahawks on Sunday, and I I don't think that the Vikings are as bad as they've looked so far this year. Mm-hmm. I could see the Vikings going nine and eight or something like that, and maybe even sneaking into the playoffs. And uh, you know, I'm sure you saw the Packers' last-second win over the 49ers on Sunday night. The Packers yeah. are going to be a threat. They're a contender, and Aaron Rodgers is trying to win a Super Bowl in his last year in Green Bay. So, Green Bay yeah. will be good. Well. Yeah. Do you think this is going to be his last year in Green Bay? I definitely do. Um, both him and Devontae Adams posted on Instagram before the season started that it was the last dance. If you saw yeah. that Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. And so what yeah. they're saying is this is our last year together. I think Devontae Adams wants to go to the Vegas Raiders and reunite with his college teammate, Derek Carr. And uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is looking to you know, maybe the Denver Broncos, maybe the San Francisco 49ers, pretty much anywhere but Green Bay. Uh, he's looking to get out of out of Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the NFC North is a, is a tough division at the moment. It seems like the only team that's not having problems in the NFC North at the moment is Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it, yeah, it's it's not the most ideal situation. Obviously, I saw that the last dance thing, um, basically before the season with Devante and Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, Devante Adams also had a big game against San Francisco as well as Aaron Rodgers as well. Obviously, um, they had to win it in the last minute with a, with a field goal, which was just a very a very deserved win, um, basically in, in California as well. Yeah, but um, sticking in California, probable champions, the Bucks. Um, I think this was the first time Tom Brady has played in LA um, in his entire 21-year career as well. Um, the Rams are still unbeaten, which is no surprise. I think it's not. It's it's a surprise to some fans. In the, I think the, the casual fans, um, NFL fans, but most fans, I don't think it's it's a surprise. Obviously, Matt Stafford it seems is a revelation. Um, so far, he has been a revelation so far to the Rams. I think he has, um, he has. Um, I, 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 before the season started, um, actually, McVay said something along the lines that. Um, like Matt Stafford is is better than he thought. Um, he was obviously when when they traded him for, um, with Jared Goff um, from Detroit. Um, yeah. But it seems, yeah, it seems like Stafford is a revelation. Obviously, um, that defense, you know, that the Rams can do on defense. Um, but Stafford Stafford has been has been basically has been very good. Um, this this first three games has played really well. I think he threw for 343 yards, um, completing 27 of 38 passes. And obviously throwing point four touchdowns and zero interceptions um, against this Bucks defense, um, which begs the question. Obviously, um, we, we saw him in Detroit. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of weapons um, to play with. Um, obviously, that's a team that basically hasn't seen the playoffs in in in, a, in some period. Um, just how good is Matt Stafford, man? Like, um, how underrated is he, and how good is he? He is, he's very good. He's got a great arm talent. Um, he's a major upgrade from Jared Goff. I think that's what Sean McVay is, 
the most happy about. Uh, towards the end of last season, uh, Sean McVay was quoted as saying he was ready to move on from Jared Goff at the end of the year for John Wolford, their backup. And so that's a major shot at Jared Goff. Then they paid the Lions a couple draft picks to take Jared Goff off their hands in that deal. It wasn't Stafford for Goff straight up. So, and, and now you're kind of seeing Jared Goff struggle in Detroit. He's, he's okay, but he's not great. Uh, not a lot of weapons there in Detroit. But Matthew Stafford, uh, I think the Rams is the best situation he's ever been in. He's got the best head coach play caller he's ever had. And he's got a lot of weapons. We can't forget that in Detroit, he did have some weapons like Calvin Johnson, an all-time great wide receiver, uh, Brandon Pettigrew, Golden Tate, guys like that. But yeah, Kenny Galladay as well. Was it Kenny Galladay, yes. Um, and yeah. so Eric Ebron, guys like that. Yeah. Um, but he's in a great spot in L.A. He's got a you know a top five, maybe you know the best defense in football last year. So he's got a great defense behind him. Mm-hmm. For me, and there's going to be a lot of talk about the Rams being Super Bowl contenders, especially after beating Tampa Bay in Week Three. Mm-hmm. For me, Matthew Stafford still has to prove though. This is the big question for Stafford is going to come in January when the Rams make the playoffs. I think we all assume the Rams are good enough to win their division or at least make the playoffs. So the big question is going to be, can he win in the playoffs? So far in his career, he's 0-3 in the playoffs, and he's going to have you know, a, you know, a big opportunity with the best team he's ever had to prove that he can do that. A lot of people talking about a Super Bowl, but in my opinion, Stafford needs to prove that he can win, you know, one playoff game, two playoff games, three playoff games in a row to get to that Super Bowl first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's tough to get to a Super Bowl, and obviously, um, the NFC is, is is not at all, is not as tough a conference as the AFC. It's, um, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see if if he performs. I think. Um, for me, before before even the season started, before even um, a ball was kicked, I I, I, had, I have the Rams winning the Super Bowl. I think that roster on paper should win the Super Bowl. Obviously, these guys got to the Super Bowl um, at perhaps three years ago, uh, years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. with, yeah, with Jared Goff playing under center for them, and obviously they were they were underwhelming against New England. Um, but it's it's. They should win. Obviously, that defense. You know what that defense can do. Obviously, um, some of the some of those players on defense have been dominating this league for for some years now. Aaron Donald has been defensive player of the year um, numerous times. I think four times um, in yeah. seven seasons. Yeah, yeah. So I think that what that defense can do and this offense clicking, I think I think it's just a recipe for success. And not to mention the chemistry that um, Matthew Stafford has at the moment with Cooper Cup, which is no one expected it. I think in the box game, Cup had like nine receptions and like just under under just under a hundred receiving yards. I think he had ninety six receiving yards. Um, but he he obviously caught the ball for two touchdowns, which at the moment it seems like nothing. But in the in the first three games. Um, I think he has scored five touchdowns and has a total of like 367 receiving yards, which um, these are usually numbers that we expect from Cup in like four or five games or like six yeah. games. So um, yeah, at the moment it seems like there's a lot of chemi- there's a, there's good chemistry between the two. 
Yeah, Stanford and Cup have great chemistry so far. That's going to be something to keep an eye on all year long. Um, so the Rams are definitely going to be tough for me. So this game was uh, the Rams beat the Bucks pretty handedly. I think that there's a good chance we get a rematch of the Bucks and Rams maybe in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my opinion, I my pick to win the Super Bowl again this year is the Tampa Bay Bucks to repeat, mm-hmm. be the first team since Tom Brady did it in New England in 2003 and 2004 to repeat as champion. Um, to me, this is how I see it. Pretty much it boils down to the quarterback position. And I think that, you know, Tom Brady's resume speaks for itself with seven championships. Uh, he's the GOAT. He's, you know, in January, he's the toughest quarterback to beat. And Stafford's got to prove that he can win in January. So I I hope that we get to see Rams-Bucks a rematch in the playoffs. Because that would be must-watch football. Yeah. My best calls last season. So when the Saints swept the Bucks and beat them twice, the second win against the Bucks in the regular season, I was on record on my podcast. I said that it, I believe they would rematch in the playoffs, and that mm-hmm. Tom Brady would beat them the third time around. And uh, the two guys that were on my podcast were like, "Wow, like why do you say that?" I was like, "Because <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady is not a regular season quarterback." Tom Brady is a January quarterback. Tom Brady lives for those moments in the playoffs and it plays his best when it matters most. Uh, I believe that despite a a rough start by the Chiefs and despite losing to the Rams on Sunday, I think Mm -hmm. we see a rematch of the Bucks and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, it seems it seems like most people want the rematch, and like you just said, obviously Tom Brady is, I think, the most clutch quarterback um in the history of the NFL. Um, there's yeah. no doubt about that. But like him getting eight rings is just mad to even think of. Eight yeah. rings, yeah. At the age of 44, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's mad to think to even think of. Hopefully, for me, um, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of competition. Obviously, I like excellence, and like um, obviously, like you said, is the god. Um, it obviously it would be very inspiring to see him get the eight, but I think no one would even come close to that in like 200 years. I think so. Yeah, I I've tweeted earlier this year. I said that. Tom Brady's already the GOAT. And mm. I think that what his goal is, I don't know if it's going to be done, but I think his mindset is, how does yeah. he make sure that he's the GOAT forever, that no one can touch him? It's not eight rings. It's nine mm-hmm. and a three-peat. Wow. He's trying to three-peat. And I don't know if he can get it done, but if they can find a way to win this year, it opens the possibility. And everyone was talking about last year going into the Super Bowl, a lot of talking heads in the media were talking about Patrick Mahomes repeating. They thought the mm. Chiefs were going to win and win two in a row. So we'll see. I think I think that someone will three-peat soon. I think it will be done. But it's crazy that it hasn't been done yet. And speaking of Tom Brady's it eight hasn't rings, been done before, yeah. yeah, it has never been done. So it would be crazy whoever does the first one. And I'll say this, I didn't. I used to be a Tom Brady hater when he was in New England and winning all those championships. And I thank the NFL gods every day for Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning and those giants 
keeping Tom Brady from winning two two rings because he could have nine right now or ten without Nick Foles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's mad that the, the the last quarterback to actually beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl was Nick Foles in 2018. It's <laughs> mad. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's also mind blowing to think that he can actually get nine rings, man. Nine rings yeah. is amazing rings. Like obviously, like just comparatively for those for, the, for those guys that are casual NFL fans, like the like the team with the most rings is like obviously the the part the Patriots, the Steelers. Those guys have six rings as, as franchises as a whole. So nine rings is <laughs> is mind blowing um for for just one single um player in the history of the NFL, one quarterback. Yeah, but obviously Tom Brady. Brady um, obviously breaks records every single time he steps on the field at the moment. Um, the Bucks go to New England to face um, obviously a rookie in Mac Jones and a very different Patriots side to the Patriots side that um, it seems Brady and perhaps Gronkowski were accustomed to. So this is the first time Tom Brady will go back to Foxborough since he left obviously a couple of years ago. It seems a year and a half, perhaps a couple of years ago. Um, basically, it, it seems also at the moment that he's close to passing 80 to like um, to breaking the passing record, all-time passing record. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously, most people are expecting a box win. Um, obviously, considering how um, New England played um, in the weekend, um, they didn't play really well. Obviously, they lost that one. Um, but do you think do you think Brady will go there and like try to like um, basically make a statement? Obviously, it's the former team that he played. Uh, obviously, it's the team that didn't want team. Obviously, um, those same um, coaches are there. Bill is still um, in that building in England. Do you think that he'll want to make a statement win on Sunday? Absolutely. I think Tom Brady plays a great game. I think Brady, both Brady and Gronk are, have a great game. I think the Bucs uh, might beat the Patriots kind of badly. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to this game. It's going to be must-watch TV. I wouldn't be surprised if Brady breaks that record against his former team uh, with, for the passing yards. Um, yeah, I think Brady plays his best, maybe the best game of the season on Sunday night. I think Gronk catches at least two, maybe three touchdowns. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be must-watch. And then for the Patriots, I think the Patriots made a mistake. I think the Patriots should have kept Cam Newton. I think that if if they had started Cam Newton to start this year, they would be at least two and one, and maybe even three and zero. Oh. Um, hmm. When you when you start a rookie week one, uh, you know you're going to have growing pains. You're going to have some struggle along the way, and I think that's led to you know he had three interceptions against the Saints. So I think that you know while Mac Jones is the future, he could have definitely benefited from sitting behind a guy like Cam Newton for half the season and the Patriots could have benefited as well by winning more games. I think that uh, Mac Jones will struggle against the Tampa Bay defense and speaking of the Bucks defense, they sign a veteran corner Richard Sherman today. I don't know if yeah. you saw that. So, yeah, yeah. you know, he's going to help that young secondary. I'm already a big fan of the Bucks secondary. I love, you know, Carlton Davis. Antoine Winfield Jr., Sean Murphy Bunting. So mm. now you add Richard Sherman, a veteran that can teach these guys uh, from the Legion of Boom, if you remember in Seattle. So I think that's a great addition for Tampa Bay. Uh, and I, I just think that they're, I think the Bucks beat the Patriots on Sunday night by, by 10 or more. 
Yeah, obviously the the situation with Shaman obviously um I think I think he, he also had like a criminal case during um during the summer as well. something happened a family issue. I think I think I think most teams were hesitant um to actually signing to sign him because of that and also like the fact that he's aging as well. But yeah. obviously he's a good addition a ton of experience um uh, to this box defense. A box defense that is very talented obviously they they played magnificently in February against the Chiefs. Um yeah, but like obviously Mad Antoine Winfield, like we just said, one of the standout um, rookies last season. I think, I think obviously um, the experience will. I think the Bucks will improve with Richard Sherman in that secondary as well. Yeah, but like you just said, Mark Jones. It seems like you are you are less impressed by him. Obviously, for me, it seems like um, he's a, he's a very confident quarterback. I like I like the the little bits that I've seen from him um, these first three games. I think he looks he looks really good. Although obviously the turnovers are not ideal. I don't want um, to turn like have three interceptions in a single game. It's mad. Um, but he completed 30 out of 51 passes, throwing for 270 yards against the, the Saints, and obviously three are touchdown. The one touch done that i think um i forget who scored it but like he had to work work for it to like to get it um in the end zone yeah mm-hmm. but it's, it's yeah obviously like you just said he's a quarterback for the future but i think i think it's 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 a uh, like the parts releasing um come neat and it's not a decision that they'll regret a lot in the future obviously they yeah. they'll by the end of the season but in the future not so much yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with that 100%. I think that Mac Jones is a is a solid prospect, and he's got a he's got a bright future. And he's in yeah. in New England with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. He's got a great chance to be, you know, a great quarterback. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm thinking short sighted. I'm thinking for this season, I would have mm-hmm. kept Cam Newton. But yeah, Cam Newton's past his prime. Cam Newton's not the MVP Cam Newton anymore. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have only been for this year. Um, but I agree. Yeah. I'm not down on Mac Jones. I think that he's got a bright future. But, I mean, you're going to see these rookies, even Justin Fields, you're going to see them struggle a little bit early in the year until they get more games under their belt, more experience, and feel more comfortable in this, in this league. Yeah, yeah. Like you just mentioned, like Bill, obviously, is 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 being coached by Bill Belichick, who is arguably the best head coach um in the history of the NFL. Yeah, and yeah. obviously, like he he was also coached by um Nick Saban, who is arguably the most um the best um college head coach um we've yeah. ever seen. So yeah, he has a lot of he has had a lot of um good coaches to teach him along the way. I think he has basically he has everything to to be successful in this league. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out on Sunday. Like you just said, obviously it's going to be a massive, a must-watch television. Um, we'll see how it how it plays out. But can we just talk about the Monday night football game between um, the Eagles and the Cowboys? Um, obviously an NFC East um, division matchup. Um, tough, 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 tough loss for for, for the Eagles. Um, the Cowboys played really well. Um, obviously, Doug Prescott, it seems like he's on track to be comeback player of the year. He's playing really well, and obviously, this offense revolves around him. Um, it seems like they're just ticking all the boxes in Dallas at the moment. Obviously, the the, the opening night loss against the Bucks wasn't ideal, and like um, they could have won that one. Obviously, um, Prescott played out of his face in that one as well. But um, it's tough for the Eagles, man. Obviously, they have, they have, they think they also have a first-time head coach in that building as well, Nick Sirianni. And obviously, this is the first season for the first full season for um, Jalen Hurts as well. 
it seems like he has some little bit of chemistry between him and Devonta Smith. Obviously, um, there are Alabama ties there. Um, but what does Nick Sirianni need to do to actually build a competitive Eagles team? Because we know what this team can do in defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to think of this Eagles team. I wasn't high on them going into the season. I didn't have them as a very good record. I think I had them going 5-12 and 12 or 6-11. and 11. Uh, When I look at this team, I don't see a lot of, like, I, I just don't see a lot of talent. I think besides Darius Slay, they don't have a great secondary. Uh, I think that besides Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, I guess they got J- Javon Hargrave. But I just, I don't trust their defense, really. Um, I, I don't trust, I don't really think that Jalen Hurts is a, is a starter in this league long term. If I'm the Eagles, I'm, a, I'm trying really hard to go get Deshaun Watson. Um, if I'm the Eagles or the Dolphins, you see the issues with Tua being able to stay healthy over there in Miami. Um, I, I want to see Deshaun Watson get an opportunity, and you know, outside of Houston, the Texans are such a, you know, mess there in, in Houston. So, um, if I'm the Eagles or the Dolphins, I'm looking to upgrade the quarterback position. And you can send either Jalen Hurts or Tua to Houston, have them battle with Davis Mills for you know an opportunity to start there. Um, Jalen, I mean, don't get me wrong, both Jalen Hurts and Tua have potential, um, but I'm not sold on them long term. Um, I think the Eagles could have, you know, Zach Ertz is unhappy and still wants out. uh, So they should have made that move. They could also send Zach Ertz to Houston. Uh, I like Devontae Smith, but I'm not, you know, Jalen Rager's decent. But besides that, I'm not a big fan of their receivers. So I just think it's going to be a rough year. I'm not a big fan of Nick Sirianni either. I think that. There's coaches in this league that are that are head coaches and mm-hmm. and meant to be meant to be head coaches and then mm-hmm. coordinators and meant to be coordinators and in my opinion Nick Sirianni is an offensive coordinator and he's meant to be at that role same way Matt Nagy is meant to be an offensive coordinator or a quarterback coach he's not meant to be a head coach and so if the Eagles struggle I think they'll give Nick Sirianni a year or two but I don't anticipate him being much longer uh, head coach in Philly. Um, I think there's a few yeah. coaches like that. Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. I know the Cardinals are out to a 3-0 and start, but I think they're going to come back down to earth. And I think the biggest thing holding Kyler Murray back and that Cardinals mm-hmm. offense back is Cliff Kingsbury. Um, so what do you yeah. think of that? Do you, do you yeah, think that's... that? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 a bold statement. Like, not many people will say that. Not many people will actually um, be that bold enough. But that's a bold statement. Um, <laughs> obviously, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Kyler Murray at the moment is, is looking like MVP material. Obviously, that offense is gelling up really well. Obviously, that defense, you know what they can do. Obviously, Chandler Jones had a massive week one. I think four sacks. Uh, yeah, but it's it's. It's very bold to say that um, he's making. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I, honestly, um, I would. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like um, tear him down. But I'm yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's, I'm just going to say it's a bold statement for sure. I agree. So I. So I like to be bold and I like to you know say what I think. So for me, this is my issue with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, mm. 
if if you're gonna bring a coach from college into the NFL and make him your head coach, I want mm-hmm. to bring someone like Urban Meyer, a proven mm-hmm. winning coach at Ohio State for many years, at Florida for many years, a national mm-hmm. champion. You know, Nick Saban, who didn't work out, but he's a he's a multi-time national champion. Guys mm-hmm. like that. I don't want to bring in Cliff Kingsbury, who's had a losing record in all his years at Texas Tech. Um, I think that's the big thing holding Kyler Murray back. And I know that people are going to look at the Cardinals and see their offense and say, look at them, the 3-0. Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate. I think you could make the argument that they should have lost to the Vikings in Week 2, if not for a missed field goal at the end. And yeah. if they would... They were down at halftime to the Jaguars, and the Jaguars are not a very good team. So I know the Cardinals are out to a 3-0 and start, but I think the Cardinals come back down to earth. Uh, let's see. They play at the Rams on Sunday. I think that's a loss, so they'll fall to 3-1. <laughs> and I yeah. think that I think the Cardinals finish like 10-7, and 9-8 and by the time the season's o- over with. Wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a bold statement. It seems like you don't take <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury that much. Yeah, but obviously, yeah. um, the Texas Texas Tech obviously helped to bring up Patrick Mahomes. Um, yep. Doesn't he get some credit for that? Yes, he does. But Patrick Mahomes was also a raw prospect. I think if I'm gonna uh, credit a coach with developing Patrick Mahomes, I'm gonna credit Andy Reid. Um, he does get some credit for that, absolutely, but. And it's a tough conference. I get it. I just, I wouldn't have hired him myself. And I'm very critical of coaching. And I, I know a, a, a coach when I see him. And to me, you he know, just I, just, I just don't trust Cliff Kingsbury now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Obviously, um, yeah, obviously, it's yeah, uh, it's 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 not like a, a, an opinion that someone like can just gravitate to. But I get I get where you're coming from. Obviously, um, his record in college is not is not that impressive. Obviously, um, Texas it's a it's a different it's a difficult place to to play. Um, yeah. Texas Tech, yeah, it's, it's it's different. Obviously, with like a lot of teams in that conference, it's not it's not easy. Yeah, but obviously, yeah. like just yeah, just like going back to Dallas, um. Like it seems, it seems the um, obviously that defense has for me. It seems like that defense still has has some some problems. It seems like that defense still has some some holes in it, but they're they're playing really well. Obviously, they got to to Jalen Hurts a few times um, on Monday, and mm-hmm. yeah, and like that offense, obviously with Doug Prescott in it, looks like a different offense. Obviously, um, I think Schultz as well, the chemistry between him and. Obviously, CD Lamb like can can like um, make deep um, deep routes, run deep routes as well. But um, realistically, what season are we expecting from the Dallas Cowboys? Are we expecting them to get to the, to the postseason? Are we expecting them to make a deep run in the playoffs? Realistically, um, do you expect them to win this division? Like, what do we expect of the Dallas Cowboys um, this season? I de- I definitely do. I think getting Dak back healthy is huge for the Cowboys. Um, their offense looked amazing on Monday night. Uh, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, I was not sold on him at first, but man, he had them that offense humming on Monday night. And you know what Kellen Moore was doing offensively is what the us Bears fans we look at that and we get jealous as hell because we're like, man, 
you know, look at that. He he knows what he's doing. He's calling plays. The thing I liked most about what the Cowboys were doing is they were running the ball. They were feeding Zeke yeah. Elliott and Tony Pollard. And Tony yeah. Pollard might be better than Zeke Elliott at this point. Yeah, he is better than, than Zeke, yeah, for sure. Uh, totally yeah. Agree. And so, you know, and you with with those two headed so I know Zeke isn't quite what he used to be, but he's still serviceable. And he can still gr- grind out some yards. And, and Tony Pollard's got the upside. Then you got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. Uh, Dalton Schultz is taken off at tight end. And the, the thing I like most about this Cowboys team is two young defenders, two young guys that they drafted recently. Uh, in 2020, corner Trayvon Diggs, who's leading the NFL in interceptions right now out of Bama. He is a great young corner, a future star, if not already. And linebacker Micah Parsons, first-round pick out of Penn State. He was everywhere on on Monday night. And so we talk about the offense and the defense having some issues. If Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs can help lift this team up, man, the Cowboys' ceiling is pretty high. I, I think they win the division. Uh, I don't see the division being super tough, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick hurt and Tyler Henneke running the show in Washington. Um, you know, the Eagles, I'm not sold on. And the Giants, man, the Giants are too talented <laughs> to be 0-3. They got to do better than that. And uh, Joe Judge might be on the hot seat, you know, the way that season's going. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, tough situation. I think in the in the preseason, um, we saw some players actually um, obviously going out with injuries. Some players actually deciding to retire. Players that decided to come back for a full season, they decided to retire off the Giants. The, the, yeah. the, I think I think the problem with the Giants is is more of like the players don't like the coaching. I think I think I think I think that's that's the key. And obviously, um, Daniel Jones. I think I think. The, they, they tried to to, to uh, like um, put um, to add weapons to that roster to that offense for him and like obviously they have Barkley Barkley is healthy but it just yeah. seems like Giants can't catch a break man obviously um, there's, there's, it's difficult for Giants fans in the moment uh, uh, um, right now obviously the Jets are losing um, but the Giants are also losing which is for New, for New, for the entire New York is not ideal man yeah it's it's yeah. mad. Yeah, it's mud for the Giants, man. It's mud. <laughs> At least <laughs> the state of New York has the Buffalo Bills they can rely on. But yeah, yeah. for the city, that's got to really suck. And um, for the Giants, so I do think it is coaching. I think Joe Judge needs to be on the hot seat and needs to be fired quickly. I would get Jason Garrett out of there as offensive coordinator, get some mm. new, fresh coaching staff. And for Daniel Jones, he reminds me a lot of Mitch Trubisky. The the ability to use his legs, the inconsistency with his arm, and there are weapons there. And so I think give Daniel Jones one more season with a different coaching staff, bring in an offensive coach, and maybe try to do it one more year. Maybe get Saquon Barkley a little bit more healthy after that nasty knee injury. Um, yeah, I like yeah. you know I like bringing in Kenny Galladay, bringing in Kyle Rudolph to go with Evan Ingram. They've had some bad luck. I mean, 
the biggest thing I see out of the Giants, they're undisciplined and they're turning the ball over too much. And to me, that points a lot to coaching. Um, you look at that Thursday night game in week two. They should have beat Washington and then a stupid fault, uh, offsides penalty cost them the game. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that that was a divisional game as well. It's mad to lose. Um, yeah, like you just mentioned, Washington. Like you just, you just reminded me of Washington. Taylor Heineke obviously is 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 starting there under center for them in Washington, and I, I, I for me, I think, I think I, I prefer him to Ryan Fitzpatrick. If I'm being honest, I think Ryan is not a terrible quarterback. I think he's actually good. I just don't think he's a quarterback that can help them get anywhere or get to the playoffs and make a run. Um, yeah. I like I like Taylor. Obviously, um, he started his first NFL game. Obviously, in the playoffs against the Bucks, the Bucks went ahead and won the Super Bowl. He played really well. Obviously, he fights for the team. I think the team, the entire team, looks at him as as their leader. I think I think Taylor can be the quarterback that they're looking for. Um, albeit for the short term. I think I think they can have him playing there for perhaps three seasons. I think I think they can get. Um, I think they can win the division. I think once with him playing at a set, at least once, and yeah. they can make him into the playoffs. I, I don't think they can they can get a quarterback um, perhaps in the draft in the, because it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like they they can get a draft uh, a, a a good quarterback in the obviously um, some some players are coming up Bryce Young in Alabama yeah but like I think it's I think they can get some 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 um, ROI from from Taylor Heineke for sure although he's not proven in this league but um, for the times I've seen him play I think he looks good yeah I don't mind Taylor Heineke I think it so when I look at Washington I see a Super Bowl caliber defense I see a very nasty defense I see guys like Terry McLaurin you know Scary Terry and those guys on offense um, Logan Thomas etc Gibson Antonio Gibson at running back yeah. If I'm Washington, I say, look, don't be afraid to dream even bigger. What about, I mean, uh, Cam Newton's available right now, and he's got a history with Ron Rivera. Why why couldn't we bring in Cam Newton to compete with Taylor Henneke in case Henneke goes down or even take over a starter? And another, that's another team I'd keep an eye on for Deshaun Watson, uh, trade to Washington. Imagine if you give this Washington team with those weapons a guy like Deshaun Watson. I, I think then you're yeah. a, a contender to potentially win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that yeah that would be scary for sure. Obviously with Terry, um, like you just said, it's mad. Yeah, yeah. Obviously Deshaun, yeah, Deshaun could make a lot of um, impact on this team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it all depends legally with Deshaun if if he's gonna be all right or not. You know, still in this league or not. But. Uh, you know, I would like to see it. Um, I just, I just hate to see him sitting there in Houston. You know, being uh, not even on the, you know, on the active roster week in, week out. It's just super annoying to me because he's one of my favorite talents in this league to watch play the quarterback position. And uh, the Dolphins actually offered uh, Houston, I believe it was two or three first round picks and a couple thirds i believe it was mm-hmm. three first round picks for deshaun watson around the draft and the mm-hmm. texans turned it down and that just goes to show you how poorly of a run organization the texans are but uh i got a quick question for you because you said you're a baltimore ravens fan right yeah for sure yeah 
what did you think of the end of the Ravens Lions and that I I can't believe that kick by Justin (laughs) Tucker that's the best kick I might have ever seen like I kept telling people my eyes don't believe what I just saw that was unreal yeah he's the good he's 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 the best there's yeah there's no one there's no one in this league that can that can kick the ball like he can he's the best um i think i think i think the jacksonville jaguars tried a 68 yard kick and like i, I don't know i don't think no the, no the jaguars actually returned the 68 yard kick um for a touchdown yeah Jamal Lagny, yeah, yeah yeah 190 yards yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's very deep 66 yards is a is a is a long way is a long um distance away and like just to get it close to the goal line and obviously it could have easily um tipped the the the, the bar and like um basically fell the other side but yeah. it was yeah it was mad is is the best is the like literally um there's no one, there's no one more clutch than him i think i think he has scored 16 out of 16 field goals in the last minute um in in basically put nfl games that we've needed him to to basically put up points for us um i think yeah. he also um in, in clutch with um, a very important divisional game against the um the browns in cleveland last season as well that game that um lamar totally had a problem and he had to like go to the locker room i, I don't i'm not sure if you remember yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He also had a massive field goal that won us the game in that one as well. Um, he's the best, Justin Tucker. And obviously, before before the practices, um, the Ravens were treating like um he was he was putting away sixty yarders and like um obviously Lions fans were like commenting there like, but can he do that during the game? And he proved them wrong. He put away sixty six <laughs> yards, which is mad. Um, yeah. he's the, he's the best. Justin Tucker is the best. I don't think. Uh, he's the best man. I think I think Baltimore are lucky to have him. I think I think he's the best kicker in the league. I think he's the best kicker we've ever seen. And to do it in Detroit after like um obviously he did it I think a few seasons ago, nine years ago in 2012, 2013, also in Detroit as well. Yeah. A sixty one yarder then. Yeah, yeah, sixty one yeah. yarder. Like he's like he's the best as in like yeah. no one does it like he does. Um he's <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think we're lucky to have him. I, I don't think we'll trade him for five first round picks. I don't think <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like being a Bears fan, I love to root against the Lions and seeing that kick go through because I thought it had no shot. I'm like a 66 yarder. Like There's I've seen no a 64, a 63. But to me, it's not only a 66 yarder, it's the fact that he did it in the clutch to win the game as time ran out. Like it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it was just like, as in, Everyone was ecstatic. I saw, like, as in, like, obviously, Ravens flock are always like the most emotional fan base on Twitter. Like, Ravens flock <laughs> was going crazy. It's, um, it was, it's, um, basically no words, man. We obviously we got the dub, like Lamal just likes to say, but it was, it was, it was a very good performance, especially that kick, a very good performance from Justin Tucker. He's the, he's the best. He's the good. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Like. I loved Robbie Gold in his years in Chicago, and for a little bit, he was the most accurate kicker in NFL history. And then mm-hmm. along comes Justin Tucker, and he's just been simply amazing. Like, can't can't beat him. Yeah, and like the and like this this other kicker that like play, played with Brady and Gronk in in, in New England. I forget his Vinatieri. name. Terry. Yep. I forget his name. Steven somebody. Uh, Gaskowski. 
Gaskowski, yeah. Gaskowski was also good. Obviously, I think he's playing at the moment as a backup kicker for some team. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, but yeah, but like in the in the conversation, I think I think Tuck, I think Tucker wins. Tucker, Tucker gets it, man. Sixty-six yards for the win. Um, away from home. Um, a very difficult place to play. After the offense, like just dropped some footballs. It was it was immaculate, man. That was. As a Ravens fan, um, these are the few moments that actually make you appreciate football more, for sure. Yeah, yeah, the Ravens are so much fun to watch. I love their head coach, John Harbaugh. That uh, week two, when John Harbaugh, uh, you can see it on the television <laughs> when he mouths like, "You want to go for it?" and Lamar yeah. says, "Let's go." That to me, like that's having, uh, what they say, big trust in your quarterback. That's yeah, amazing. Big trust, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that's yeah, that's the way to coach a team. That's the way to coach a team for sure. You trust in your players. You you put them on the field and you trust that they can do the job. And like yeah, that's definitely the way. And like the players love to play for him. Obviously, it's 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 a testament to why he has he still has the job. I think how many years in? Eleven years in, perhaps he has been um, head coach for the Ravens, perhaps yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, and like. So it's a testament, and like obviously, as the Ravens as, a, as an organization, it's an organization that's run really well. Obviously, Eric DeCosta, like um, these guys make um, very good decisions during the draft, and like the trades that they make uh, make a lot of sense. Although they don't make a lot of sense when when they're making the trades, but um, a few years later, with time, they make a lot of sense. I think it's a it's just a well-run organization. And yeah, um, it, yeah, it's it's smart that under EDC and John Harbour we only have the one ring. Hopefully, hopefully we can go back um, with Lamar and like like get deep into the playoffs and like try to push for a Super Bowl. Yeah, it sucks that you know the injuries to the running back position and stuff so far that hurt the Ravens. But uh, it was huge for Lamar Jackson to get that playoff win last year against the Titans, get revenge on the Titans, and. Uh, Consider yourselves lucky to have uh, stability within the organization and a coach like John Harbaugh, because you know over in Chicago we're we're that's all we want is something like that, and you take it for granted when you when you got it. And uh, you know it, when I look around the league and see the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I see the Saints with Sean Payton, I see the Ravens with John Harbaugh. Those are the Patriots of Bill Belichick, those are the best spots in the NFL for a young quarterback to go and develop and become a star. You put Lamar Jackson on the Lions or the Bears, we'd find a way to mess him up. And so I'm I'm just glad for Lamar that he's in a place like that, that can develop his talents, put him in an offense where he can be successful and get the most out of his career. Yeah, like you just went down with the with the head coaches. Obviously, Andy Reid is in that conversation as yeah. well. A very good um, head coach to play under as a rookie quarterback. Also, like Mike Tomlin. Obviously, the station in Pittsburgh yeah. is not ideal, but that's a good head coach as well who has been playing, who has been coaching that franchise for uh, over a decade now. So, Absolutely. yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah, that as well. But like with the situation in Pittsburgh, man, don't you think it's mad? Um, obviously, Big Ben is not playing. Is not playing like the Big Ben that we've seen play over 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 the over the years. Um, obviously, that offense it seems like they're just all over the place. We know what the defense can do, but it seems at the moment T.J. Watt, who is my contender for defensive player of the year, if he's yeah. healthy, it seems not healthy at the moment. 
Um, what do you think will happen in Pittsburgh? Because that's also not an ideal situation, and it seems like there's there's a little bit. Um, of, obviously, Mike Tomlin said they're not hitting the panic button, but there's a little bit of a panic um, among Steelers, Steeler Nation, um, regarding what's happening in Pittsburgh. Well, I think the reason they're hitting the fans are hitting the panic button a little bit is anytime the Cincinnati Bengals come into Pittsburgh and beat them like that, they're gonna be upset, and I don't blame mm. them. But the Bengals are getting better. With Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they've got something they're building in Cincinnati. For mm-hmm. the Steelers, I say, you know, patient. Don't hit the panic button. Relax. I think with the anytime you've got a defense like the Steelers have, they're going to keep them in the in games. I think Big Ben just had a, a bad game. Uh, mm-hmm. He's capable of much better than that. I know he's mm-hmm. getting old. Uh, this is probably his last year. Mm-hmm. To me, the, the brightest spot for the Steelers, the thing that I think will improve them, and I think they're going to play much better in the second half of the season. And that's mm-hmm. because when you have a running game like the Ravens have, like the Browns have, that translates to late in the year. That's why the Browns won the playoff games. That's why the Ravens won last year. So adding Najee Harris from Bama is a huge addition for the Steelers team. And I think as the season goes, He's going to perform better and better, and that's going to help this offense perform better, take some of the pressure off of Big Ben. One of the biggest issues for the Steelers last year, if you remember the playoff game against the Browns, Big Ben threw the ball 70 times in that game. You can't do that anymore, and especially especially at that age. So the addition of Najee Harris, I think, will really help him late in the year, and I think it's going to be a three-way battle. I think the Bengals will will go like seven and ten, eight and nine around there, and I think the Ravens, Browns, and Steelers will all be battling. Maybe all three make the playoffs again. We'll see. But I think the Steelers will be playing better football late, later in the season. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you, you're you're agreeing with most of Steelers fans that Big Ben will still play under center for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean. So who's their bet? Are they gonna go Dwayne Haskins or who they? You know. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins is the most reasonable um, backup at, at this point. Although it seems like he's QB three, but it seems like he's the is the only option they have because. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mason Rudolph. Rudolph you know, is not. Yeah. Yeah, I Dwayne Haskins. I was a big fan of Dwayne Haskins coming out coming out of Ohio State. He's, he's disappointed me so far. He's got upside. Maybe Pittsburgh can get that out of him. But Ben Roethlisberger's got to be the guy. And I think if Najee Harris in, continues to improve, that's the that's the biggest thing that can save him. And then if they can play action off of that and ask less and less out of Ben Roethlisberger, just be a game manager, if he can do that, the Steelers will start winning later in the year. I, I think it's got to be Big Ben, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, like you said in the in the in the in the Browns game, I think he had over 500 yards passing, which is like it looks good on paper, but it just means they're they're throwing the ball too much. And obviously, um, they turned over the football a couple of times in that loss against the Browns, and the Browns have absolutely demolished them. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but it's it's tough in Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, it's 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 happy times for for those of us in the AFC North. They would thoroughly <laughs> enjoy. Um, yeah. yeah. It, 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 the Bengals yeah but like um, this has been fun I've actually enjoyed this conversation a lot obviously we started with network problems 
um yeah and usually ask basically our our listeners um you guys can support the pod um with as little as a dollar there's usually a listener support segment you can do it via anchor you can like use google pay or apple card i think that's possible so like just help us to get good internet help us to create better episodes man um alex i, I, I highly appreciate you for coming on this has been one of the best episodes i've done yeah man it was awesome to come on you're very knowledgeable uh and uh, you know i follow you on twitter and all that uh you got a great episode going on here i encourage all your listeners to you know support you you guys you guys got a good thing going on here and uh it's got a bright future um if you guys would uh subscribe follow me on twitter at freakalik1209 and uh go on youtube and subscribe to the podcast alex leak and friends nfl podcast uh we yeah. got interviews and stuff like that and uh if you're interested in interviews down the road i can try to help you out get some players on your show as well yeah for sure for sure like, like, like don't don't play your, your youtube your youtube is pretty great actually um like the videos that you put on there obviously like you cover every single league the different games that interest you and like like you had bill romanowski on and you yeah. had someone else. the the links that you sent me like those were incredible interviews and i thoroughly enjoyed them i would actually advise anyone listening to the third world perspective to actually check alex's um youtube those, those um you, you actually make very good content i appreciate that man i'm trying we're we're you know let's help each other out get to the top of this business and, and make it yeah for sure for sure for sure um yeah but we'll we'll continue staying in touch um obviously like um you just said obviously um guys can get you on twitter at freakalik1209 mhm mhm yeah and like obviously um they can get they can catch the the alex leak and friends nfl podcast on on youtube and um obviously we're still trying to get to youtube um we we, we decided to we'll we'll get to youtube um after 100 episodes and at the moment we like it is 82 i think this is the 82nd or the 83rd one Um so we're closer to that and we'll try to see if we can transition to video but thank you guys for listening to the podcast this has been great I've thoroughly enjoyed this episode um obviously I've been Pablo you can follow me on Twitter at Pablo Conero you can follow the pod on Twitter as well at @thirdworldpod you can follow the pod on Instagram at 3rd world perspective obviously my, our guest um has been Alex Lake um at at freakalik1209 Thanks man. I always appreciate it. This was awesome. I had a lot of fun too.